Brick and Mortar Reporter, Episode 41. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that you can actually find us on Facebook. And through our Facebook link, you will be able to see every single episode as it gets released first thing every single morning. So if you want to like us on Facebook, we appreciate the likes. We appreciate comments. You can uh, reach us there any way you want to. Facebook.com forward slash brick and mortar reporter will find us on Facebook. Also, if you're a Twitter user... It's very easy to find us at BAM Reporter, at BAM Reporter for Brick and Mortar Reporter. So those are two ways you can get in touch with us and stay in touch with us and keep up with the latest episodes on the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast. Now, off to the interview. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. My name is Christy Hostler, your host tonight, and tonight I've got a husband and wife duo that you're going to be so thrilled to get tips and strategies from. I've got Marcella and Mario Castellanos. Now, they are the owners of Kitchen Marcella. It's a um, company in Lake Mary, Florida, and what it is is a business that does private events. It does catering. Um, She does all kinds of menu planning for anyone that needs any event or a party or anything like that catered to. So um, Marcella has spent years as a chef and in the food industry. Mario has spent years in business. So together they've combined their skills and formed Kitchen Marcella. They are doing a lot of things right in the greater Orlando area, and they're here today to tell us a little bit about their journey into entrepreneurship with Kitchen Marcella, but also they have some other business backgrounds that we can also tap into as well. So welcome, you guys. Welcome to the podcast today. We're so glad to have you here. Well, thank you. In the name of both Marcella and myself, uh, thank you very much for this opportunity, and uh, we look forward to to giving as many tips as we possibly can to your audience. Well, excellent. Well, before we actually get into the meat of um, the podcast and what we want to talk about with your business, we kind of like to hear the story of you. And I think um, I should also let our um, business um, people that are listening know that Mario is going to um, going to kind of do the talking for both Marcella and he to, and uh, himself tonight because um, there's a little bit of a nervousness that Marcella has with uh, speaking English and on the microphone and that sort of thing. So he's a gotten all of her answers we've given her the questions ahead of time so he knows uh what she would say and he can kind of give us her perspective and and our uh, his perspective as well but to give us a little bit of background about the story of both of you and where you came from personally and professionally and kind of give us that background that'll help set the stage for the rest of the podcast yeah with pleasure and uh, you're right in, in marcella's case Marcella is a native of Ecuador, and although uh, she's been coming back and forth to the U.S. for many years and she speaks English, her native language is Spanish, and uh, he, she sometimes gets a big tongue, tongue twisted. And look at that. I'm speaking in English. See, we all do. And we all do. That's right. So, <laughs> exactly. so she, when it comes to these sort of things, um, she kind of prefers that I be the mouthpiece, and I think a lot of that also has to do with because prior uh, to forming Kitchen Marcella, my personal background has always been communications. So ah. I work in, in including broadcast communications. So I, I, I guess I'm a bit more adjusted to speaking in, in, in forms of this nature. And, so she's uh, going to let you do what you do best, is, <laughs> is the way it is tonight. At least tonight she will. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but to answer your question, I, I guess – our backgrounds are, as I mentioned previously, Marcellus from Ecuador. I'm from Miami, born and raised. Uh, we uh, have jointly had or been involved in businesses a good portion of our lives. Uh, Mar- Marcella specifically, uh, I guess uh, her passion in food started because her dad was in the food business. He was a wholesaler oh, of food wow. in Ecuador. And so she was involved in, in food and fruits and and sales uh, basically her her entire life. And my personal background, as I said previously, has been 
in business, uh, forming businesses, helping businesses that have been formed uh, turn around uh, if that's what they needed. Um, Mm -hmm. And in addition to Kitchen Marcel, I'm also involved in two other businesses that are completely unrelated to this. One of them is uh, a business that's in the – it's an anti-terrorist security device that – Oh, okay. So that's a far stretch from the kitchen. That's correct. And the other one, (laughs) as I said, is a a communications and consultancy business for startups and turnarounds. So – but nice. Kitchen Marcella is something that that we both have a passion in, her especially, um, mm-hmm. and we wanted to form a company together, something that she could essentially head, something that she could use her creativity and, and use her, her creative juices, and uh, this Kitchen Marcella is allowing us to do that. That's awesome. Now, at this point um... – you guys are both working full time in the business, but then you also have a couple other things that you're working um, working on as well. Is that right? Yes, I I okay. say she's <clears throat> the one who's really more involved in the full time business okay. aspect of it, and okay. then I'm um, sort of like uh, back office operations, if you will. Gotcha, the operations type person. So let me ask you this, because clearly this is not your first foray into. Um, owning a business or having um, a business, at the, being at the helm of a business. So at what point in your life did you decide you wanted to be an entrepreneur? I mean, is that something you always knew you wanted to do, or where did that come about? I think I think the answer to that from both of us is very similar. Uh, because we've always been in business or involved in a business in some way, as I said, in her case, uh, her dad was in business, and she would go out with her dad on sales calls, and she was always – involved in that aspect of the business from my particular perspective uh, i've been I, i've been a salesman my entire life i remember at the age of five going out to my neighbors and and hustling uh, uh lawn work for from the neighbors <laughs> yes, my poor yes. dad is the one who had to do it so no, no. but but <laughs> but i'd say it was it was as adults it's a business we we for some time we had been saying well you know we we ought to we ought to do this, um, but for a lot of reasons. We just didn't have the time or we were involved in different businesses. Marcella was doing some uh, importing and exporting for a while. She also did some uh, party planning for a while. This is out of uh, Miami, but prior to that, she also, in Ecuador, we had her business, and but that was strictly okay. her business with, with, with another partner. But we wanted to do something ourselves, and uh, finally, when we moved to Orlando about uh, six years ago, we said, okay, we're definitely going to do it, but it took us six years before, actually five and a half years before we finally pulled, uh, I guess, uh, what's the term? Um, uh, Pulled the trigger. Pulled the trigger, that's right. So now, right now, can you kind of give us an overview? I know there's probably some people that will listen to this that are in your local area, and there's other people in other areas of the country, of course. But um, tell us a little bit about um, what Kitchen Marcella is, the services that you guys provide, and just kind of give us an overview of what that business is. Kitchen Marcella, uh, we, we try to distinguish ourselves as a different type of caterer. Now, uh, of course, caterers tend to say that and, and food preparers tend to say that, but I think in our case it, it rings very true because the foods that we have, the foods that we prepare are very unique. Uh, or the types of, of not only main courses but also the type of desserts that we offer are very unique. In fact, uh, to give you some examples, we have a trademarked product, and that trademarked product is called a pitadilla. And what a pitadilla is, it's like a, a quesadilla, um, ah. but made with pita bread. And okay. we also have steak uh, pitadillas, and that's, as you can imagine, it's the same thing, but it has yeah. a sirloin steak. We also have another product that we call sandwich rounds, and sandwich the sandwich rounds is... Uh, that's a very unique product in itself. If, mm-hmm. uh, just to briefly describe it, it's a seasoned, not spicy, but a seasoned chicken salad mm-hmm. with a dollop of fig. Oh, And it's served wow. in a round 
in a round sandwich as opposed to the typical square size or long round. And we also have another product called egglets, and they're very, very, they're, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a creamy, uh, small dessert. It's about the size and shape of a very small egg. And mm-hmm. it's very addictive. So we, these are the sort of <laughs> products that that we make that are very distinctive. In the same regards, if someone says, look, these are great, but we're having a formal event. We need mm-hmm. uh, a, a beef stroganoff or we need, uh, we need a, uh, um, uh, a Spanish paella. We can mm-hmm. do that. If somebody okay. says, we need a Peking duck, we can do that. It's, okay. it's really whatever it is that that client is looking for. In the same regard, what, how we distinguish Kitchen Marcella is we will cater based on a theme. So, for instance, um, if someone is involved in a particular type of business, uh, let's say, oh, I don't know, maybe they make uh, pencils. So okay. someone that makes uh, pencils will will create food around a pencil theme. Um, okay. And and it's not so much that we shape it so that mm-hmm. it looks like a pencil. We can do that, but it'll be based around whatever theme that this person or this company may have. So I see. We we try to distinguish ourselves to what it is that that particular client is is looking for, and and what makes not only our food unique, but what makes their event unique. Something that people, when they leave that event, they'll say, "Wow," and they'll remember it because that's what you want, right? I mean, if you're going to have Absolutely. a party, if you're going to have a party, if you're going to have a corporate meeting, if you're going to have a wedding, you want people to remember that. You want them to have good memories around around that, and. And, um, you know, frankly speaking, if you're having a corporate sales meeting and you call the local coffee shop to bring in the typical sandwiches that they do for everything on every Friday, well, who's going to remember that? Exactly. But if somebody brings in something very unique that is themed around that company, who's going to forget that? Right. Well, and you know, people, that's one thing people talk about. I hate to say it, but how many times do you come away from a sales meeting or whatever else, whatever other event you go to? And that's what people are talking about. They're talking about the food. You know, whether it was really bad or whether it was really good, most of the time that definitely comes up in conversation. So it definitely, uh, you have the opportunity to make a huge impression either way, either really good or really bad with food. So I think you're correct. And and in any sales meeting, I mean, uh, being in sales myself or any corporate meeting of any sort, you want to you want to end that meeting in an upbeat fashion. Sure. And usually the 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 meetings are either ended or during the meeting you're eating, and the mm-hmm. last thing you want is something that is not tasty, something that's dull, something that you can't remember. You want something that you're... Something that people are already sick of, you know. It's like the same old thing you get at every you know corporate event. That's you know? correct. So. You want Excellent. them to remember the positive. Sure, and I love that you guys can do it based on whatever theme or whatever the client wants or whatever they're feeling like they type of food they want to serve. So um, I love that. Now, let me ask you this. Everyone, I think, whenever they decide, like you said, you finally moved to Orlando and you said, hey, now's the time we're going to start our business. And if you're like most people, there's a little bit of fear and a little bit of um, doubt and uncertainty that sometimes creep in. Can you tell us a little bit about maybe what you guys, the fears that you had and what you've done to kind of overcome those fears? Yes, without a doubt. You're right. There's always a fear because you're saying to yourself, well, you know, it's not like we're inventing the wheel. Uh, right. As, as unique as our foods are, as creative as we try to be, sometimes that can actually work against you. And we, we knew uh-huh. that going in because we're not offering hot dogs. We're not offering hamburgers. Right. We're not offering tacos. We're not offering mm-hmm. the, the uh, a salad or, or a typical meal that you might get at, at um, some chain restaurant. We're sure. offering something that's very different. And those are the fears that you have to overcome at least for – for us and anyone that is coming out with a brand new product, mm-hmm. uh, the way we handle those fears are 
we realize that people, in our case in particular, we realize that, okay, the only way people are going to get to know us and get to know our food is if we give them the opportunity to taste it. And that's exactly what we do when we go to uh, the the farmer's markets on a weekend. Specifically, mm-hmm. every single Saturday we participate in the Lake Mary Farmer's Market. We're looking to expand into others right now, but mm-hmm. right now we're we're going to the Lake Mary Farmer's Market because the type of clientele that we hope to get is the type of clientele that goes to Lake Mary Farmer's Market. People that are sure. going to go there, they're going to get products, they're going to try different kinds of foods, and they're going to come mm-hmm. to our booth and say, this looks interesting, what is it? As soon as they say, this looks interesting, what is it? It gives us an opportunity to present to them what it is that we do. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we want. And the the fear that we have is, like anyone else, when you go to these, when you're selling product, is are enough people going to come to your booth? Can you attract these people to to come to your booth? Can you attract these people to return? Mm -hmm. But that's not the only fear. When you're making food, you're saying to yourself, did I make too much food? Did I not make enough? Right. So those are yeah. concerns. So you, you, either way, you lose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, now, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that you guys go to the Lake Mary Farmer's Market every week because um, I can imagine, I mean, there is a core group, it seems like, in just about every community that is what I consider the localists. I consider those type of people my audience, you know, the people that are as much as possible keeping business and and dollars in your local community when you have the choice. And the farm-to-table movement has, has, you know, brought about all these farmers markets and all these all over the country. And I would imagine that that is a very good place to find customers for you guys not just because you're making you know fresh food out of you know fresh local ingredients as much as possible and that sort of thing but also I think that many times people that go to farmers markets because people appreciate it and understand there's sort of an undercurrent of conscious consumption you know that's going on there that some of those people really want to support the businesses that are supporting the local economy and the farmers markets. I mean, do you find that at all? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and you're right. A, a lot of the core people that you that do come every single week are the ones that you see them every single week. You see yeah. them going to the farmers market. You see them going to some of the vendors. But we also make make it a point to try to do business with with as, as often and as much as we possibly can with local companies. I mean, sure. N- not uh, just to give you an idea. There's uh, a, a local company this just recently opened up and this particular company they sell olive oils that's all they do okay so we use olive oils in our cooking so we've gone to their establishment and we've tried their olive oils we said wow okay they they have the sort of product that we can use so Mm -hmm. we're we made that 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 determination that if we can buy the olive oil from them then let's use it from them. It's fresh. It's Absolutely. Good. It's the same thing with our breads. It's the same mm-hmm. thing with whatever whatever products that we use. We try to use products that we can get locally. And even if we even if it's a it's a product from a major national manufacturer, we still do our best to try to get it locally. You know, right now you can right. mail order so many things. You can. Mm-hmm. But in, especially in our case, it's not a question of th- that we want to get something that's local, but we want to make sure it's fresh. So we really have Absolutely. to make sure it's local as well. I love that. And I love that, you know, that there is that um, kind of the symbiotic relationship between business owners that are, you know, in the local community. And, you know, yes, I'm sure there's, you know, at some point there's a little bit of competition, but it seems to be what I'm finding as I talk to business owners is it's a much more collaborative environment and, you know, saying, hey, look, I'm, you know, I'm a local person. I want to keep local business in the community as much as possible. You have a product I need. If you ever know anyone that needs my service, pass my name along, you know, and, and it just works so well to create that network so i love that you're doing that yeah we know we we do our utmost to to try to do that and also even goes into some of the the social media that that yes uh, that we use excellent well we will definitely get back to the social media because i want to find out exactly what you guys are doing um as we get a little more into the marketing part of it but um 
as far as your business experience goes, have you and and even Marcella, have y'all had any sort of a business coach or mentor or anything like that that's kind of helped you along the way? You know, I was talking to Marcella about that, and um, I, I I guess I should feel flattered and honored because she she feels that I've been her her business mentor. Um, oh, because okay. Because of my background and my experience. But in yeah. the same regard, you know, as corny as this might sound, she's been mine because ah. she's, as I said previously, she's been incredibly creative. She always she's has been. Creative. And, you know, that creativity transcends itself back more than just food. It it also uh-huh. into just ideas in general and how the per, how to look at things, the, the perception mm-hmm. one has when it comes not only to, to business, but when it comes to other aspects of life as well and how those those uh, that aspect of life can help you in business but i'd say we probably have been good mentors for each for each other that being said um the other thing that we really try to do is we we are constantly whenever we go out we always look at other businesses how they conduct their business you know when we go into ah. a when we go into a restaurant how is it that they're treating us how is it that they're treating the table next sure. to us when when we go into a, a you know if you go to buy tires i mean yeah. <laughs> can can i trust this tire shop you know sure yeah and and it's all based on how how they're treating me and and how I and how relaxed I feel as opposed to uh you know how quickly do I want to do I want to run out of there yeah exactly well and you know it's it's interesting though because you did mention the the creative mindset and you know a lot of entrepreneurs either tend to be very analytical or very creative they kind of you know tend to run one of those tracks and you guys kind of it seems to have you know one of you has one of that covered and the other has the other covered but there is a different paradigm of thinking and problem solving and and everything when you're dealing with someone that's creative and those of us that are not creative <laughs> um you know it it's just they come up with things that would have never dawned on us <laughs> you know so i am constantly amazed by the creative people that are in my life with the way they come up and i'm like well, I, yeah, I guess we could do that. I, I just would have never thought about that. So I love that you have that perspective coming into your business because it kind of balances out the analytical side of of the you know the business and the you know spreadsheets and all the other things that are not exactly creative. And, and if you're going to run a business, you absolutely need both. Anyone yeah. who who believes you can use one or the other is they're only fooling themselves. It's, it's just yeah. the, the most successful businesses. I don't think it's something you can learn or teach very well either. You can't really teach somebody how to be creative, you know. So you have I don't to, know how you learn that. I think I think really what it boils down to is that it, the, the, you have to keep an open mind. The, the analyst sure. has to keep an open mind and realize that things aren't always black and white. There's a large mm-hmm. section of gray. And, yes. And the creative individual has to understand that within my creativity, I still need parameters. Oh, true. So if if you if you have if you look at it from that perspective, if if the creative mind looks at it from the perspective of I've got to create in my creativity, I must have parameters to work within, and I I think that creative person will will have better direction. In the sure. same regard, that person, that analytical person, can't look at everything on a fine line. They've got mm-hmm. to understand that there's there's a lot more than this this little piece of whatever that you know life is right. com- life is complex. Well, and I think the more those ideas get put out there, and the more even the analyticals are exposed to the creative way of thinking, and the creatives are exposed to the analytical way of thinking, you begin to have have consideration for the other paradigm whenever exactly you're it. dealing with that. So it definitely, I mean, you can you can you can kind of stretch yourself a little bit and and te- step into the other role a little bit, um, even if you can't completely learn how to be a creative. So let me ask you this. Now we generally don't, you know, we don't spend a lot of time focusing on negative or anything like that. But I'm sure as a um, 
business owner and ha having had multiple businesses over the course of your life, there are probably some failures or lessons that you have learned from things that didn't go quite the way you wanted them to. Can you share any of those with us that might be helpful for another business owner? Yeah, no, I've I've had I've had my share, and <laughs> yeah, and 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 anyone who says that. Uh, you know, I, anyone who says that they haven't failed in business, then I don't think they they have had enough business. Right, I, I agree. <laughs> I think you know, I think from a general perspective, um, I think from a general perspective, I think failure, at least for me, and I would suspect for everyone else, is failure is always born from not listening, from not mm -hmm. looking, from not from not understanding that there's more to there's more to to that business or there's more to the direction that you're going than than you're looking at i don't know if i'm making sense but mm -hmm. what i'm trying to say is that you you have to you have to go into business understanding that there's a lot more to it than what you're than than what you're just focused on when you look at when you look at your competitors, you have to look at your competitors from the perspective of all right, these people are competing directly against me. How right. can I how can I better them? But mm -hmm. you know what? What I think a lot of businesses where they fail is that they're looking at their direct competitors. That's all that they're looking at their direct competitors. What they fail to realize that there are indirect competitors as well that can encroach on what it is that they're doing. So ah. so it, I guess more more specific like in our case we we're focused on creating unique type of foods and we're we're focused on creating unique events for people but we also realize that those people say to themselves okay that's great but I also need entertainment I also need uh, servers. I also need uh, the tables. I also need this. I also need that. So if I am not prepared, as my as as, as Kitchen Marcella, if we're not prepared to offer all those additional services, then that potential customer is going to say, "Well, that's great, but you know what? Let me let me get back to you because I would prefer to buy everything from just one place." Ah, okay. You see, so and it's the same like in any business. If <laughs> mm -hmm. even if your business, even if your business is only focused on, on let's say one thing, you have to understand that your client sees that as this one thing. Is that good enough? Is that good mm -hmm. enough for your client? Is your client going to be interested in this one thing only? Or are they going to want this one thing and that thing and that other thing and this third thing? And if they are going to want that, you have to be able, you have to be capable of offering that. Because if you're not right. ready, if you're not capable, if you're not prepared, don't open the doors. Well, and I guess you know, if if especially in whatever market you're in, if the standard for whatever your competitors are doing is offering all these ancillary type services or products to your main product, then if you can't compete with what the standard is, you're you're kind of right. You're probably out of business before you even get started, you know, because yes. nobody's going to want to deal with, okay, I've got a food vendor. Now let me go out and get my chairs and let me go out and get my decorations. And suddenly they're dealing with 10 different vendors whenever somebody else could be one vendor to them and that, provide it all. That's exactly it. Now, so so how do you do that? All right, can I sing? Absolutely. I'm a great singer inside my bathroom. <laughs> in the bathtub, but when it comes, but the point being is that if I need an entertainer, if I need entertainment, I'm not going to rely on me. I'm going right. to go to an outside specialist in entertainment, sure. so I can go back to my customer and I can say, yes, Mr. Customer, yes, Miss Customer, yes, Miss Client, yes, I can offer you entertainment. Uh, yes, I can offer you table service. I can offer these things to you because this is part of the package that I've already prepared to offer you. And it's mm -hmm. the same thing that if you're offering uh, unique foods like we are or if you are in some other sort of business and you want to be able to sell to your customer. You know, if you – if you, I mentioned tire shop before. So if if you sell tires and all you sell is tires, well, that's great. But if you aren't prepared to do an oil change mm -hmm. or, and if you're not – you're not prepared to, to 
check some other parts of of the automobile, then you, you know you might be in, you might Very have limited. some problems. Absolutely. So let me ask you this: for your business and for those those additional types, of, because you, I think you know every small business owner faces the um, the challenge of how how much can I offer within my capability, and then how do I go about logistically pulling all this off? So for you, if you have a customer that says, yes, I want table service, and yes, I want entertainment, do you have um, already have people that like you subcontract out through, or you already have um, people that you kind of have on standby for that kind of thing? How how do you actually carry that out in your business? That's a that's a great question because I my my wife and it's funny although she's the creative side of of our company she's also the realist and I'm I <laughs> you're the big thinker huh yeah I'm the big thinker so <laughs> that was a great question because we've we've had. We'll, we'll we'll say we've had discussions when it comes to that. We'll leave <laughs> okay. it at that. But but to answer your question, we, yes, we most definitely are prepared. But we do not want to overstep our bounds. You know, uh-huh. we we're just starting up. If somebody, you know, my my wife uh, in Ecuador, uh, she co-produced uh, a party for two thousand people. So uh-huh. she provided she provided the, the some of the party favors, the invitations, some of the other things. But that was that's 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 a pretty big event, two thousand people. Yeah. Point being is that if two, if uh, if somebody was to come to us right now and say, "Listen, I've got a wedding for two thousand people. Can you handle it?" No, I can't. We we can't handle that. As much yeah. as I would love to say that we can, we're 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 not capable. However, if somebody's got something for two hundred people, can we do that? Sure, because yeah. we do, as you said, we do have people standing on the sidelines. We do have companies that we know of, that we've seen, that we've contacted, that we, we know their work, that we can bring in to offer that package service. But in the same regards, we realize that we do have limitations. And right. we're not, we, you know, just to, get a, just to get a large event for the sake of getting it isn't going to help us. It most certainly isn't going to help the client in the long run because it's going to be right. a, a major failure. They don't want that, definitely, and we don't want that as a business. So um, whenever you – before you even started, or did you kind of let your customers back you into it with – did you kind of go out and look at these other um, types of, you know, peripheral-type services and kind of know what was out there and know what the range was, or did you kind of wait until you had the first person saying, can you do this, before you went out to see what was – what no. was out there to know how to price it? No, we definitely prepared before uh, because okay. we knew. It, it, see, it's one of those things that uh, again, we, she's got enough experience in 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 the catering business and in the events business. She had enough experience in that, and I have a, enough experience in in business in general that we were prepared, and we realized that that was going to happen. Actually, that will happen. It hasn't yeah. happened as yet. No, that someone hasn't come to us and say, "Look, we're we need an event to cover these many people." Uh, we're going to need that, that would uh, cause us to get to subcontract to others. But at, at any given time, if we got a phone call this evening and said, "Look, we want to do this," we're prepared to to offer them the service. Mm-hmm. Well, and I guess you know it, it. It seems like each event could, or each you know client could be completely different. And if someone came to you and said, "I have this event, and I want you to do it," but here's the thing: I need um, I need a bagpiper then it seems to me that you would probably say, well, let me see what I can do, and you would try to go out and find somebody that could come and play the bagpipes at the event. Right. I mean, would would you would you do that, or do you just kind of say, ab- well, we don't <laughs> No, absolutely. I mean, I, uh, I, I, I tell you, I'd love to tell you, and I happen to know a bagpiper, but... I- <laughs> See, I tried to pick the most bizarre thing. Yeah, I could. but and, and you, you picked a good one because I can't say I know of any bagpipers. But I tell you what, I have a pretty darn good idea. I know where I can get one. Uh, yeah. Part of my background also does happen to include music, so I do know. Ah, um, some, so I've got some music background in your back pocket. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I have a pretty good idea of where I can get the bagpiper. I'll put it to you that way. And, okay. But it, and okay. it's not just that bagpiper; it's any part of business. Again. I think, and that comes from having, and, and and I pride myself on that ability when it comes to business of having that open mind. And I think the reason I have sure. that open mind, it goes back to your earlier question about failures. 
when I, I wasn't as, as I want to say as smart as I, I might as I might be now, and I didn't look at things from that perspective. But that's you know that's that's what they say when it's about failure. You know, right? when, when you mm-hmm. fail, it's it's a learning process. Sure. And those mistakes in the past have been uh, a, a great door openers to prevent those mistakes from happening again. So if somebody requires something that we're not, that we don't have, but we can supply and it falls within the scope of the the offering that we have, then unquestionably we'll get it. That's not an issue. Okay. Excellent. Well, I love that because, you know, many times being responsive to your customers, it, it shapes businesses many times. I mean, it can actually lead customers in a direction, I mean, lead businesses in a direction that they would never have gone had they not listened to the customers, you know, so I think that's very valid. That's why we, in our case, we don't offer any prepackaged meals or, or, or uh, I guess, pre-served menus. We uh-huh. listen specifically. That's, that's actually the, the, our, our, the, the core of our business is to listen specifically to what the customer's ideas are and work with them. You know, a, a lot of times a customer will come to us and they'll say, look, I am having this event. Uh, I don't, you know, it's, it's based on, it's, uh, it's based on, on a birthday and, but we mm-hmm. want to do something special. Well, okay. Tell us what in your mind, what is special? And they'll say, well, we want to do this, and we want to do this other thing. And we'll say, okay, how about if we – and we'll give them maybe different options. And sure. the reaction that we want to get back from the customers, wow, that's great. I never thought of that. That's Yeah, I'd mm-hmm. love to do that. That's exactly – that's the sort of reaction that we want to get from our customers. Yeah, wow, we never that. never thought of that. I would love to do that. Or sure. can you do that? <laughs> exactly. I love that. I love that you can – kind of make people's dreams or, or even things that they don't know, but they, you know, they just know they want a great event and they want people to talk about it. But at the same time, you can kind of give them some of those concrete things If we could do this or we could do that or we could do the other. And people are like, that's what I've been thinking. I just didn't, couldn't put it into words. So I know how that goes. The, the, the last thing, you know, we, we've all had parties. We've all held events at our, at our homes, at our companies, at our, at, you know, at, at our establishments. And when the event is over, you, you want to sit down and you just want to look out into that open space with, with yeah. all the napkins on the floor and the cups that are tipped over and the bottles that, that are broken. And you want to say to yourself, boy, did I have a blast. That and was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. And everybody else had a blast, too. You know, exactly. that's, that's what you want to say. That's exactly what yeah. you want to say, and you want to look at and you want to look at a particular corner of that room, and you want and you want to remember, you know, Joe and Sam as they're laughing with with Lisa about something that really happened, and you want to see that. You want to you you, you want to visualize that laughter that they had an hour an hour earlier, and that's that's the sort of thing that we want to we want to make sure to provide. Absolutely. Now, as far as your business experience. Can you tell us what business accomplishment you're most proud of? I think from a personal perspective, any time that I've been able to help a small business look, look, just look at a new direction, um, mm-hmm. uh, open their eyes to a better way or, you know, maybe not, let me not say a better way, but a whole new way of doing business that turns out to be better that mm-hmm. to me is an accomplishment. Um, mm. it, it, when when I've when I've gone into a business, and that business has maybe it's a business that's been around for ten, fifteen, or twenty years, and and all of a sudden they they peaked and now they're flat, and yeah. they don't and they don't understand why they're flat, and then I'll come in and I'll tell them and, and I'll show them that why it is that they're flat, and the reason they're flat is because they're they're just they're not following see that's the thing when it comes to a lot of business people kind of forget the whole reason they got into business and you hear that all the time you know you hear Mm -hmm. that all the time people forget why they got into business they got into business because they wanted to offer something that they thought was good something that they thought was different something that they thought could help their customers and what happens is a lot of businesses after a certain period of time it, it becomes nothing more than a routine 
and sure. they stop. Yeah. And because it's a routine, they routinely stop listening to the customer because the customer mm-hmm. for the last 10 years, that's what the customer has done. So why is all of it, why, you know, why is this one all of a sudden changing? And then five, 15 years and why is this one now all the way changing? So the point being is that you have a customer, you have a, a company that maybe for 10 years they've been doing something a particular way, and on the 11th year things start changing, but they don't. And then by yeah. the 15th, by the 18th, by the 20th year, they don't realize that it's not the customers that have been changing, it's that they have refused to change with them. Yeah. Am I making and sense? I, yes, and I think, you know, I, I it's keeping – you know, kind of keeping what the customer wants and what the customer expects at the forefront of what your mission is, you know, with the business. And I think probably for you, and like you were talking about you and Marcella going into every business that you go into, you look at how it's run and how they're treating their customers and what they're doing. You know, you're looking for ideas. You're also looking, you know, to see what's out there and what's being done. But it's probably also very, very easy to spot some really huge um, chasm between what a customer, how a customer would expect to be treated, and many times how the business is treating them. And I, I know you, we see that as customers, but I know you also see that as someone who has to go in and turn around businesses. You know, but you you get back to the ultimate thing is you're not listening to your customer. That's exactly what it is, and that's that's exactly what we don't want to do. That's why, mm-hmm. our, our, again, our, in our case, in Kitchen Marcella, our whole purpose, our whole focus is listening specifically to what the customer wants and not providing, uh, not, not uh, I guess, uh, uh, um, coming to them with a prepackaged meal or, or, mm-hmm. or, or something that, that we've already made up for someone else. That's not to say that we're not going to use that experience. Of course we're going right. to use that experience because it's to, to the customer's benefit. And, and of course, we're going to go to the customer and say, look, we've done this before, but, you know, for your case, maybe we should do it in a different way. Let's, let's do it with this particular take, and this is more focused on what your specific need is. So that's, that's a good thing for the customer because they're taking the experience that we already have, and we're using that experience for their benefit. Sure, and I think, you know, if a business – gets to a point where they feel like they don't know what their customer wants or they you know that they're they're not getting the feedback from their customer um and maybe you would echo this as well and not that I'm the expert by any measure but I think that would be the perfect time to start making it a point to ask your customers what how are we doing and what do you want that we're not doing um you're right. No, is that, you're I mean, right. is that what you what you would do with a turnaround type situation? It's like figure out what your customers want, or even figure out why they left you. Why aren't they coming here anymore? I, that's probably one of the very first things you do in in a in a turnaround situation. The very first thing you want to do is you want to analyze the business. How it is? What, what is it the business was doing when they were quote unquote successful? Yes. Uh-huh. And what is it that they've been doing since it? since some of that success has taken a, a downturn mm-hmm. because you don't want to say that they're unsuccessful now because they're still in business. They, they're still success. Right. So they, it's just that success has taken a, a downturn. So you want to, you want to turn that around. You, you want to, sure. you want that, that downturn to, to be, to become upbeat and to move, move upward and move forward. So you, you first analyze what is it that they were doing. Then you analyze again, what is it that they're doing now and between the two analysis, you can determine what it is that may be wrong with that business. And sometimes mm-hmm. it could be, and, and, and I can tell you from, from years of experience, something, sometimes it could be as simple as just an operational procedure. It's, sure. Sometimes it it's that be. simple. It's just an operational procedure. If they were to do something in a, in a different way, they would see a complete a complete difference, a com- just a, a, an incredible rise in efficiencies. But you know what? It's That's probably the hardest thing to get that client, to get that CEO, to get that business owner, to get that president <laughs> yeah. to realize yeah. that if they would just change that particular operation. Well, and you know, the interesting thing too is is that you also have to realize, I think as a business owner, that 
customer expectations change and, you know, the market changes and what used to, you know, what was acceptable five years ago as far as customers go, it might not be acceptable anymore. So if you're still providing that same thing that you did five years ago and it was okay back then, it might be that the customer changed and you, like you said, they didn't, the, the business didn't. And so customers have now migrated to businesses that do meet this new expectation, you know, so. And we see that often. That's that's why, excuse me, that's why we see businesses that pop up every day because these are yeah. new businesses that they, they've seen the trend and they've latched on to that trend and they're, they're taking it forward and those businesses that, go to the next step and then to go to the next step after that, go to the next step after that, those are the companies that are going to be around 20, 30, 40, 50 years and plus. Absolutely. Those companies that take that trend and take it so far and they don't, they don't go past that point. Those are the companies that you could say they, they were has-beens. They've come and they've gone. Yeah, definitely. Well, let me ask you this now for kitchen Marcella, um, you had mentioned earlier that you guys are using some social media. And so I wanted to talk about not just your social media strategy and what you're using, but what types of marketing strategies are you guys seeing work best for you right now? Well, as a startup, you know, we've just started using some of the additional social media, like Facebook and we haven't even I haven't even gotten a, a Twitter account, um, okay. but, but the ones that we have planned are uh, as I said we've just opened up a Facebook account. We additionally will mm-hmm. open up a, a Pinterest account. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, a couple of others that uh, I've been looking at to see if if these are the social type of social media that I think would would help us. Twitter I, I mentioned Twitter, but that's not necessarily. A, a direction that I want to take because that's okay. not, that's not really something that would help a business like ours. On the other okay. hand, something that has helped us has been LinkedIn. Link, okay. LinkedIn has been a tremendous uh, benefit for us because from LinkedIn we've gotten a tremendous amount of, of business contact, wholesale contacts, companies that we can deal with from a business to business perspective. Mm-hmm. But in the same in the same regard, it's a media that we can use to for the local market, for the local Orlando market. These right. see, one of the greatest advantages of LinkedIn, as we all know that, that uses LinkedIn is who who does it cater to? Well it caters to essentially two types of people. Uh the people that are looking to hire and those people mm-hmm. that are are want to be hired but right. un- overwhelmingly those people that are looking to hire are going to be in a in a decision making position so sure. those those decision makers those are the ones that are going to take a look at kitchen marcel and say okay they do corporate events i yes. i've got a corporate event coming up i think i'll give them a call so Absolutely. those are the people that we want to reach. Those those corporate event uh, managers, those those sales managers, even those the directors of human resources that are going to have mm-hmm. a, a a company meeting for all the personnel, and they sure. want to have something that's different, something that uh, people will will pay attention to them while they're speaking. And mm-hmm. the reason I bring that up is again, it goes back to what I said earlier. You know, I if you bring in. Um, if you bring in the typical meal from the typical local sandwich shop, not you know, I don't want to name names like Panera. right. You know, I don't want to name names like you know, like some of these pantry places or. But uh-huh. if you if you bring in that typical food, then you're going to have a typical meeting. If you bring in something right. different and something unique, they'll remember it. And those are the people sure. that we want to go after. And that's who you're. That's who is on the social media like link like LinkedIn. I love that you're using LinkedIn because I don't hear that very much, but but I I think, you know, everyone's customer is different. And for your particular business, you're right. It does make sense because you are looking for the decision makers in the business that are having to go out and find these, you know, people. And, and you know, for people in small businesses or even, you know, in corporations especially, um, it's it, sometimes it's a chore to have to find. You know what I mean? You've got the three to five vendors that you always use, and every time you use this one, people complain about this or that or the other. And so, 
if you can come along as something different and they can try you and have a great experience, it it eases their burden, you know, of having to provide again. And they go, oh, my gosh, this is the fifth event I've had in five months and people are getting sick of heavenly ham, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, that's and, correct. And so, yeah, that's absolutely correct. Yeah, so yeah, that's it. that's absolutely correct. Yeah, we, uh, we, we, and that's something that we realize, and that's something that we want to take advantage of, and 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 we, that's why when we go to use social media, we want to make sure that it's something that we can use to our advantage. LinkedIn is is a great site for that. Um, there's a couple of other ones that I've been looking at uh, as well. Uh, as I, me- I mentioned earlier, Pinterest. That's another uh-huh. one that. I think um would is something viable something that we we could use sure. Definitely cuz you got the vi- you know the food has a visual piece of it definitely Yes. So. Yeah. And, you know it, you can you know you it's it's if you if you look at a website or if you look at a picture and something looks good it it looks good you can almost smell how good yeah. smell it as well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and that's what we want to do. We want to we want to create the visuals so people see it and they say, "Wow, that looks good." I got to give them a call, or I've got yeah. to go to the wherever it is that they're going to be this week, and go try them out. Absolutely. So that's what we're looking for. That's why, in, in the same regard, in social media and 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 we we use our own website uh, for uh-huh. for marketing purposes and for social media purposes. So. Excellent. Now, one of the things that I like to provide for my listeners is um, I know that there are some listeners that are, um, we call them entrepreneurs. They're people that are maybe still stuck in a corporate job they're not thrilled about, but they are looking to be able to try to go into business for themselves. And so one of the opportunities that I have in talking to other business owners is trying to help identify um, any holes in the market that you have found in your area. So what I like to ask, are there products or services that you would love to be able to source locally in your area, but you just can't find them? Because this is a niche that somebody else might be able to fulfill. Yes, pita bread. Oh, okay. <laughs> Specifically, we, we um, as I said, we've got our own pita bread product, and it's mm-hmm. the suppliers, there are no... There, there are local suppliers, but they're they're based from companies that are far, far away, and okay. and we don't, you know, I don't want to, I, I don't want to have to buy 500 pounds of, of frozen pita bread. Right. I, I would prefer to buy a smaller quantity that's fresh, fresh, and that I can first taste it, see if I like it, and and yes. and then go from there. So, it, it would be good to have. Uh, some suppliers of of good bakery products. You know that's another I thing love too. That. That, that as I mentioned, I'm I'm originally from Miami, and in Miami mm-hmm. you've got absolutely everything of every kind. I mean, you it yeah. doesn't matter what part of the world you want something from. Chances are you're going to find it in Miami, and that's sure. and I don't even compare that to let's say New York or Chicago. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you go to New York and Chicago, and there's a there's on on, the, on every street corner there's 60 different uh, countries being represented. Sure. So, yeah. but unfortunately, here in Orlando, in the greater Orlando area, there's 60 different franchises that are being uh, uh-huh. represented. Right. So the 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 smaller operator that can that sells to uh maybe uh local restaurants, well, they're uh-huh. few and far between because there aren't that many local restaurants. So that distributor right. is usually going to be a much larger distributor that sells. He's got these contracts with the, again the franchisers and it's very they they don't deal with smaller companies like a kitchen sure, marcella or like yeah. uh or or like you know you know you know Vito's corner deli and so on and so forth right yeah no i i completely agree you know it's interesting cuz every area has their thing but you're not the first person that has i mean in one area it was like bagels we can't get anybody that makes fresh bagels you know and for you it's pita bread but you know you're exactly right is that there is um sometimes a gap in the market and these, you know, big companies, 
you know, if you have to place a, a minimum order of $10,000 or X amount of whatever cases of product and that sort of thing, you're out of the game, you know, from the beginning. But at the same time, you don't really want to be playing in their field. You no, know, that's, that's you're exactly you're kind of being forced into that field that you don't really want to play in anyway. And you would prefer to use a local independent provider to get you what you need when you need it if it was there. And Good. that's that's what the point is. We get contacted, again, through LinkedIn. We've been contacted. In fact, I just had this conversation with this uh, just this morning. I was talking to a, um, a fellow in, in Germany. He's a, he's, a, uh-huh. he's a Spanish fellow of German descent, and, but in, in Spain, they manufacture these different jams and jellies. They manufacture, I think, uh-huh. 12 different flavors of jams and jellies, all of them different flavors, and one of them is fig. In fact, that's their biggest seller. Well, as, oh, I, wow. as I mentioned earlier, our, our sandwich rounds are mm-hmm. the seasoned chicken with figs. So mm-hmm. we talked, and uh, he's going to send me some samples of that. But we both know that even if he sends me samples of that, our, uh, the chances of doing business with him is going to be few and far between because sure. this fella, he he would be – He's got the sort of product that a distributor, as I was referring to, maybe even a smaller distributor, he could buy in large quantities and sell it yeah. to, um, you know, some of the local uh, outlets and even other outlets within Florida and even out of state. The point being is that some people like that, companies like that, contact us on a regular basis. And although I'd love to do business with them. Here in the greater Orlando area, uh, you know, I can't see of any particular one company that really could because yeah. there's, there's not enough customers in greater Orlando. Now, if you mention some of – if you go to some of the other metropolitan t- uh, markets, like I just mentioned Miami or or Dallas or the right. Fed, Chicago or New York, uh, Los Angeles, you know, markets of that nature, um, I can see it. So sure. that that's – that's the biggest issue that we're having here is just uh, specifically pita bread, um, but also being able to deal with uh, with smaller distributors that have unique and, and maybe a little different product and in reasonable quantities that a small, small right. company like us can purchase. Excellent. So let me ask you this. What do you think is the next step for your business, Kitchen Marcella? I'd say the next step is, I, as I had mentioned before, right now what we have our own product, and it's that it's the pita dia and the and the steak pita dias. Uh huh. What we'd like to do is we'd like to perhaps develop this product and see where it goes, and okay. uh, maybe um, get it to the point of maybe we can sell it on a retail level. Uh, with okay. local retailers, and mm-hmm. and uh, and go from there. Uh, that's something that we're looking at for for not really not very long term, uh, right? That, but that's one one direction that that we're looking to do and uh, looking that we're looking at. But as far as Kitchen Marcella itself is concerned, what we want to do is we want to continue doing what we're currently doing now starting with Lake Mary uh, Farmer's Market, maybe going to another farmer's market or two, participate in maybe some of the uh, uh, art shows, that you know, those outdoor art shows. Cause yeah. That's sort of, uh, we, are, that we have a very unique menu, so it would be great to mm-hmm. have a, a unique art show. Sure. And But also to just be able to create our ideas at local events. So if somebody's mm-hmm. having a... If a company is having an event, if a local individuals having an event, we want to be able to 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 be the supplier uh, for that for that event. We want to be their their planner. We want to be their their caterer, their menu provider. Makes perfect sense. It's definitely a a good match to get out there in the local community like that. At least for the so, for the time being, and then we can expand yeah. from there. Yeah, definitely. So now let me ask you this because there's, um, you know, you have been extremely generous with your time and sharing your journey and the lessons and the things that you've learned along the way with us. And so I wanted to give you the opportunity. Um, is there anything with your business, Kitchen Marcella, that we can allow you the opportunity to promote um, to our listeners? I'd say, if, again, for any 
any listener, whether they have a an event that they're considering that, that they've been considering that maybe their budgets are not where they think they should be, give us uh-huh. a call. Uh, okay. Give us a call. We can work with any budget, and I know that a lot of companies will say that, but I'll give you a small example. Just one one sure. example. Sure. Uh, Feel free. Um, one of the people that came to the Lake Mary Farmers Market, we started talking to her. She said, "You know what? I've got a, a ladies group, and uh, what this ladies group is, we just get together every so often, and uh, but you know, it's just a bunch of you know women from church, and we we just." Uh, we we want to be able to have, you know, play some cards and just get together and not have to worry about anything and and um, but to have something you know eat something different make something different. So point being, as long story short, get to the point. We created a menu for her and it was I think around uh, maybe I think there was twelve ladies all together and it uh-huh. came out to about five or seven dollars a head. That's all oh, wow. Went. Very reasonable. And, wow. And we don't have a problem with that. We don't have uh-huh. a problem. You know, it's not like, you know, we don't have a set minimum in the same regard. I've already told you we we, we know our limits. So uh, right. we do have a, a, a set maximum that we decide so that you, the customer or that client uh, does not get the bad end of it. So yeah, right. If we can't, if we don't think that we're capable of providing the service that a particular client wants, we'll tell them from from the get go. We'll tell them, look, we can't do this. Let us help you and point you in the right direction. But if we well, think that we can do it, uh, obviously it's something that we very much want to be involved in. Well, and that's you know it's a good point too because I think a lot of times, especially if you haven't used anyone or any business like your yours before. Like I, I personally have not, other than, you know, doing uh things through work and office and that sort of thing. But on a personal level, you know, if if I was having a group of people over for dinner or having a get together and didn't want to have to worry about anything, but at the same time wanted to keep it reasonable, it sounds to me like, you know, you can do something where it's not not going to automatically cost you twenty bucks a head and be outrageously expensive, and many times um, by the time you cook it and you buy it and you provide it for all the people that are going to come over, you're worn out and it maybe things flopped and maybe you didn't have such a good you know a good reaction to some of the things you serve. So it 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 would make sense sometimes to take a chance on seeing if there's a local provider that could do exactly what you're doing and come in and say I've got ten friends coming over. What can you do? Absolutely. You know, sometimes people think about going out to a restaurant because they say, well, you know, I don't want to cook. I don't want to clean. I don't want to worry about things. Um, And they'll go out to a restaurant and they'll spend a whole lot of money on on a menu that they have no choice over. It's what's on the menu. Or if you don't like what's on the menu, go to another restaurant. In our particular case, when we go to the customer site, being their home or their or their business, and mm-hmm. they tell us this is the sort of event, this is the sort of get together that I'm having. This is the budget that I have to work with. I don't have any more than this budget. We can work with that. We'll tell them, all right, based on what your needs are, based on what your budget is, these are the different options that we're thinking of. And even within these options, we can do a mix and match. We can do some of this. Sure. We can do some of that. And and chances are they're going to come back to us and say, yeah, that'll work because we are going to work within their budget. Yeah, I love I love that though. I think that's a great idea, and I think there's a lot of a lot of people that um, even in their personal lives, just for their social circle, you know, it's it, so many people don't get together as often as they want to with their friends or spend the time they want to with their friends because it is such an ordeal, you know. And let's face it, by the time you've cleaned the house and cooked the food and, you know, gotten everything ready, you're worn out. You don't feel like socializing. So I think that's, a you know, definitely a great um, thing to put out there that people really, you know, should definitely consider if you're in the Orlando area, giving you guys a call and seeing what you can do for, um, you know, just their little small social groups because I like that. I like that idea. We can do so much for so little and that people would be so amazed. Yeah, and that's what I think. It's just getting the word out that it is affordable, it is reasonable, and there's no harm in checking it out and see if it's something that you can work with. That's exactly it. It doesn't cost anything to give us a call. 
Absolutely. So, Mario, where can people find you guys on the web or online? Um, what thing, about your website? Best thing to do is you go to www.kitchenmarcella, and that's Marcella with one L. So okay. Kitchen, M-A-R-C-E-L-A.com. Kitchenmarcella.com. They'll, from there, they'll, they'll see Marcella's story. They'll see some of the menu items, some sample menus that we have provided. They'll see pictures uh, where it is that we're going to be that particular week. And we even offer some recipes for people that okay. they want to cook for themselves. Cool. We've got a couple of recipes on, a couple of great ones, actually. One of them, uh, the two that we have right now is uh, is a pizza dia, which there's not, uh-huh. a, there's not a kid on earth that I don't think would want to eat pizza dia uh, <laughs> if, unless, unless, they have, unless they're allergic. Uh-huh. Uh, to, to cheese or something, but it's um, and then the other one is ceviche. And, oh, okay. And for those listeners that aren't familiar with ceviche, it's sort of like a a fish or shrimp cocktail, but in this particular it's in this particular case it's Ecuadorian style and it tastes so much better. So oh, yum! If you uh, want yeah, something I, that's I, a little different and and you want to really uh, spice up. Uh, um, maybe get together in your house. You can make this these pizza dias and ceviche, and uh, and uh, I can tell you the guests will be elated. I love that. I I should have eaten before we started this interview, but I'm <laughs> going to definitely go have some dinner now. But it won't be as good as what you've been talking about. So, Mario, you have been fantastic to talk to. And what I'm going to do is in the show notes um, for our listeners, I will link up to your website, to your Facebook page. Um, and any place we can find you online, I'll put it all there so people can go directly to our website and see the show notes and go find you and be able to get in touch with you. And I can't thank you enough for sharing your business with us tonight and being so open and honest about answering our questions and uh, giving us an idea of what Kitchen Marcella is and uh, just sharing uh, what you think about business. And I, I love talking about business. And so I thank you for your time tonight. Christy, this has been a marvelous experience. And I so much thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about our, our business and our passion and and also give me the opportunity to hopefully help some business or potential business owners and have them get over that uh, that lump in their throat and their hump in their yeah. life that, <laughs> that I know that the they have. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Mario. I appreciate it and um, definitely look forward to hearing some good things from Kitchen Marcella in the future. Thank you so much. You can find show notes to everything we discussed in this podcast on our website. So go there. It's www.brickandmortarreporter.com. You can see all the links to anything we discussed. And also you can leave us any comments or any questions that you have. It's the best way to get in touch with us. Localist, I need your help. If you've appreciated this podcast today, I need you to go to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, tell us what you think about the podcast. It is so important for us to expand our reach to be able to have those iTunes ratings and reviews. That way, other people can find us much easier whenever they're looking for things about local brick and mortar businesses. So go to iTunes, leave us a review, leave us a rating. You cannot imagine how important it is to us. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So whenever you have the opportunity, choose local.